Um, this is the 22nd of um, July, 2015, and it's um, Sue Bird being interviewed by Derek Hockaday. Sue, thank you very much for the marvellous curriculum vitae, but I think I'll just plunge right into the middle of things, as it were. What, when did you first get interested in dermatology? Oh, Great Aunt Elsie was a dermatologist. Right, so that's a good start <laughs> in Ireland. No, she was the, uh, one of the first women dermatologists, and she was actually based in Liverpool. And she trained in medicine. I think her husband died, and he had been in medicine, I think. And then she went into medicine, so she went in slightly late. But she was a dermatologist with an interest in vulval diseases uh-huh. in, and worked practised in Liverpool. Yes. So I actually met Great Aunt Elsie on a number of occasions, and there is a photograph of me sitting talking to Great Aunt Elsie, who lived till she was 103. That's a good start. <laughs> yes, and we're still doing the Times cross- crossword till yes. very late in life. Um, so she knew I was a medical student, but she never knew that I went into dermatology. But dermatology was a, in the end, it was a fairly practical choice. In fact, I had a very interesting bit of career counselling. Right. You know, I, I wondered about that. Yes. Well, it was hilarious. You know, we look after our medical students rather well now, and we give them lots of career advice. And um, I'd had two children pretty rapidly early on, and so I was practising part-time on Rosemary Rue's wonderful part-time training scheme in Oxford, which really helped so many of us. She was a trailblazer. Yes, indeed. So, and I did some diabetes. Yes, I yes, at that stage. Yes. Um, but you know, I had two small children, so I wanted to find something that was medical. I definitely wasn't a surgeon. And so, when you came to Oxford from Bristol, you didn't sign up for a dermatology. Package. No, 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 it no, was no, a no, medical no. Medical no, no, it was all medicine because yes. I'd done my high jobs. Well, I'd been preclinical in Bristol mm-hmm. and then clinical in Oxford which was slightly unusual. Yes. And then I'd met Peter, who was going to Bristol, of all places, mm. so I had to go back to Bristol for my <laughs> house jobs. <laughs> and then we'd had our first child, and we mm. came back to Oxford again, because I'm following Peter. Um, and I got membership, because in those days... You got it very quickly. Too. Well, you could do it without any medicine. Wasn't that appalling? R- yes. Well, no, I see the point. I see that you could. But you had to know some medicine to get the exam. <laughs> No, not, not much. I mean, you know, I was doing a path job. I don't know, yes, no, no acute medicine at yes. all. So I, yes, things have changed for the better. So I came to Oxford, having done house jobs, a year as a full-time SHO in pathology, with membership, and then went through various medical jobs so I could broaden my medical experience. Mm-hmm. And then the question was what I should do, so I... I remember going talking to the general practitioners about being a GP and thinking about paediatrics, um, haematology, rheumatology. They were all in the back of my mind. Um, and pathology, because I really like pathology. Mm. So I went to Peter Millard and I, I said to Peter, you know, what about me doing histopathology? Because I really do enjoy that. And he, he told me, he said... Um, Susan, we've had enough part-time women in pathology. Go and be a dermatologist. <laughs> I don't think it was quite as bad as that. But, yeah. Did you <laughs> but talk... that's how I ended up in dermatology. Yes. Yeah. Did you talk to Margaret Azeri? No, no, I didn't. Because she must have been a few years ahead of you. No, I didn't some... talk to Margaret. I must have done an SHO. I, there must have been some... I must have done a bit of dermatology before then because it was definitely on the um, agenda. But Peter was very firm that I should yeah. go and be a dermatologist. And he was right, because I like people and patients. And yes. I'd have been 
lost as a pathologist, but dermatology, of course, combines the pathology because you can see the skin, you can take the biopsy, you can look down the microscope, and the interaction with people. Because when you say you can take the biopsy, I mean, that, to me, summarises Rennie Pickers, because in my time, as it were, people looked at things and decided what they were, and all he did, it seemed to me, unless he knew immediately, he said, let's take a biopsy and look at it. Now, was he the only dermatologist when he started? Uh, Rennick I met as a medical student. Right. And do you remember his navel buttons? Yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah. he was marvellous. He was. A gentleman yes. dermatologist. Yes. Um, and Terence Ryan, I think, must have been a consultant then as well. Right. But by the time I came into dermatology, Rennick had retired. Right. So Terence and Rodney Dorber yes. were my mentors yes. and were brilliant because they'd had some women working part time before. Right. In fact, I think Anne McPherson had gone through ahead of me. Right. Yes. Right. So they were familiar with these women who came and went. And uh, I went and had my interview them, with them, I think, when I was still pregnant with Dinny, that's right. And then I started in the department and Rodney said, when I was no longer pregnant, Rodney said, who are you? Because <laughs> I, I think I changed shape somewhat. <laughs> yes. So who would you say really transformed Oxford dermatology? Was it Rennick or was it Terry... Terence and Rodney, or later? I or a steady progress? I think it was a steady progression because yes. Fenella Bonnerosca then came as a consultant and she made a huge difference. Sorry, who? Fenella? Did you ever meet mm. Fenella? Mm. No. Uh, Fenella, another Oxford graduate actually, was a third consultant. And what was her surname? Voynerosca. Right, okay. <laughs> Very English, but her father was Polish, so W O J, Voynerosca. Yes. So she brought modern research, I'd say, into Oxford. Where from? She, she had trained in London right. um, yes. and brought the new techniques of immunofluorescence staining. The monoclonal antibodies were just arriving, and so we did also. She was very, a great expert on immunobullous diseases, so Oxford took off in that direction. Rodney had done a huge amount on hair and nails, and Terence is a lateral thinker. Mm-hmm. You know Terence. Mm-hmm. I do. So he would take night's moves. You were never quite sure in the conversation <laughs> with Terence where it was going to end up. <laughs> but he transformed the Churchill department with the art, didn't he? Oh, he did. I yes, mean, that he, was an amazing contribution. Yes, 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 beautiful art. Well, let's go back to the beginning then. All right. When you came from Bristol, what did you think of the admissions process? Oh. Selection. <laughs> But I didn't have an admissions process. No, <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, I, I'm a Belfast girl, so I applied to Bristol and was accepted on the basis of my application, no interviews. And I did my three years in Bristol, and my third year was a BSc when my external examiner was Charles Phillips. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. physiologist here. You got a first. Well, I did. You did. Um, Yes, and Arthur Buller was my um, professor of physiology in Bristol. So when I'd done well, and a lot of my friends had not intercalated, they'd gone on to do clinical, yes. and I think the first year of medicine is quite bruising, and a number of them were a bit disillusioned, there were lots of medical students, they weren't, had difficulty finding their feet, just as our students do yeah. here. Um, and I think it was Arthur Buller, he said, well, why don't you go to Oxford? So this was in July why don't you go to Oxford? And I said, but I haven't applied to go to Oxford. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I think, I think they might have a space for you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, he and Charles must have discussed things. So I went home to Belfast and said to my parents, what am I going to Oxford? They said, what? 
well, you know, and, and then I got a letter saying, please come over to be interviewed. And I met Jim Holt. I remember arriving, flying over from Northern Ireland, I must have got the train, and walking down St Giles and those wonderful oh. flower baskets. I'd never been in Oxford and the oh. colleges. It was the Belfast girl. Yes, it was extraordinary. And walking into the medical school and finding the huts, Nissan, wasn't it a Nissan? Mm-hmm. It, was, it wasn't a Nissan, it was a porter cabin, wasn't it? Yes. That's where yes. Jim lived. Right. So I had an interview with Jim Holt. Yes. I don't remember anybody else interviewing me. And he said, oh, I think we've got a space for you. Uh, now we need to find a college. <laughs> and he got on the telephone and he said, oh, I think St Anne's have been quite good to us in the past. And I, St Anne's gave me a place. Brilliant. Did you ever see Charles Phillips again? I didn't. Well, he actually, he lived in the village yes, you know, when we arrived here, but then he moved out. I must have met him, I think, perhaps briefly, once yes, or twice yes. when he was here, but he was quite old by then. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, So then you came, did your clinical, tell me about your clinical student years. Oh, they were fantastic. There weren't very many of us. Yeah. Um, and there weren't very many girls either. You know, in Bristol it was 50-50 and there were 120 of us. In Oxford, I think in our year there were 40 maybe. Right. It Out increased of a bit. No, 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 40 oh. altogether in the oh, year, oh, maybe sorry, 50. Yes. No, indeed. And I think there were 10 of us girls. Oh, yes, yes. So I had a ball. <laughs> 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 it was wonderful. Um, the clinical school, the clinical side of things, um, it was so friendly because everybody uh, knew everybody else. We were cherished. People would meet in Osler House at the end of the day, do you remember? We'd mm-hmm. all go and have a mm-hmm. glass of beer together and I served behind the bar and there was table football and there was tea on the lawn. I, I mean, that, that's not remembering much about the medicine, is it? But the, the, certainly the, the atmosphere was wonderful. How many would there be on a firm? Four or five students? Yes, I can't have been more than that. Yes. Uh, Tim Dornan was with me and... Right. Who else? Tony... Windybag, who was yes. very good at organising firm parties, as I recall. Uh, he was very good organising. <laughs> <laughs> so I started off on True Love, Bailey, True Love, Bailey, and who was the other one? But True Love, Bailin. Bailin and somebody yes. else. One, this one, yes, the three. Yes, I don't three. know who it would be then. I can't remember. So that was my first medical yeah. firm, and I remember Sidney True Love with his moustaches and. What do you remember about him, really? <laughs> I think. What did he smoke a pipe? Was there a smell cigarettes, of smoke? Cigarettes. cigarettes. So I remember a smell of nicotine. Yes, definitely. He smoked them in the middle of the night, if you know what I mean, while he was working. <laughs> and he, was, he had quite a twinkle. Yes. And I th- I mean, he taught us quite a bit. But I can't remember anything, anything more specific. No, well, White hair and a smell of cigarette. And, yes. Yeah, what twinkle. about the surgeons, surgical surgeon? Um, I remember doing a, must have been in the final year, doing a, we could act up as house officers, couldn't we, mm-hmm. on Ted Maloney's firm. Yes. Um, and I think Roger Bodley was going on holiday and had got me lined up to do his week when he was away. And I was told what I had to do and I pitched up and everything I thought was organised and they took their patients to theatre and they had to send the first patient back because I hadn't done the cross match. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's my memory of surgeries. <laughs> but they were very good to me. They weren't terribly cross. They could have been very cross indeed. I remember Maloney was tolerant. Right. Yeah. Yes. And I remember actually going to Swindon 
where I had a, an excellent attachment, this must have, must have been in the final year, and somebody, a very good urologist, taught me to catheterise, mm -hmm. absolutely perfectly. So when I moved to Bristol and I was a house officer in urology, catheterising was something I could yeah. do with no problem at all. Yeah. I remember Joe Smith, and um, so I must have done some urology as a medical student with, back in the Churchill, yes I remember that firm. And then um, your dermatology. You probably did well, two weeks or something, isn't I it? I think, yes, we were in that, I think there was GU Medicine next door, it, it was yes, in the Radcliffe Infirmary, yeah. and there was a big table, mm -hmm. and all the d discussion with the patients was done in front of the room. There were two tables, and both patients could hear what was going on, and then they were taken aside into another little room and stripped off. Yes. That no, was no old, privacy. The old outpatients. Yes. Down there, yes. <laughs> so what about finals? Do you remember that? No, I know that we were the lot who didn't do finals. We were on the fast track, the new course introduced in Oxford, and it only lasted two years because they realised nobody knew anything and they had to extend it again. <laughs> do you remember that? I do. I mean, um, so we qualified. terribly keen on that. Well, we qualified in January. Right. And we had no revision course. Um, and I think our exams were all staged, so... Mm -hmm. No. It's all disappeared in a blur. Because I was that, getting married immediately after it. Yeah. In that two-year course, pathology was given a big place, wasn't it? Because that was Beeson's big idea, that yeah. after a, cl a clinical introduction, you got a big slab of pathology. We did get pathology, and I remember very much enjoying that. That obviously tied in with my interest mm. later, yes. um, looking at POTS. And Peter Millard was actually my tutor in pathology. Yeah, so that was, you're quite right, that was right at the beginning yes. doing that. And there were lots of pots. They were above Osler House, weren't they? Yes, they were up that's above right. the bar. They were. Yes. <laughs> and that, um, you actually didn't get examined, you say? Or? Well, we must have had some sort of yes, exam, but I can't, I can't remember anything no, about it at all. But everybody Nothing. passed, <laughs> because of the course. Well, it was this very short course, and then I, when I went to Bristol and to do my house jobs I'd sort of caught up by six months so in yes. fact I started my house jobs in February with people that I'd started Bristol with who were in their second house job. So the question was how did I get the house job in Bristol and that was interesting <laughs> because um, Bristol had a gap I mean these things are all very fortuitous aren't they? Yeah, so they Peter, were, yes. Peter was going to Oxford and I decided I think by that stage we must have been engaged Oh, Peter was going to Bristol, so I needed to get my house job. So I wrote to Bristol to Alan Reed, who was the professor of medicine. Um, and he said, and I went over and they said, we'll interview you. And I think they were short because a lot of my year, more than normal, had intercalated or done something. There, was, there were gaps anyway. Mm. And he said, he, oh yes, he said, why should, why should we take you? <laughs> yeah, I remember question. responding with the confidence of youth, because I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. No. <laughs> <laughs> so they did take me. <laughs> That's great. Self-knowledge is a great thing. <laughs> so you did the Bristol. Then when you came back to Oxford, yes. you've known several, you know, great hospitals, Duke, yes. uh, Bristol, Oxford, Stoke Mandeville too, in a sense. Um, how do they compare? How did the Radcliffe compare with the others? Well, so the Radcliffe, in fact, my working in the Radcliffe it, it all moved up to, I think it had moved up to the John Radcliffe when we came back. So mm. the old Radcliffe, I never right. actually worked in, right. apart okay. from being a student. Yes. So I did um, all these different medical attachments, short bursts, 
on a part-time basis. So yeah. I was never a full-time physician in Oxford. No, so but I you did could, bits yeah. of renal medicine, diabetes. A lot of it was based at the Churchill. Yes, um, um, my memories are of. Were you doing emergency medicine or not? I had to do some emergency medicine because I was in this anomalous position of having membership, but actually having had absolutely no experience of acute medicine. So, so I remember working with Nick. Nick White, who's yes, still a very good friend. I was talking to Nick the other day, saying, Nick, how far does this go back? And, and John Bell was actually around then, I think, as yeah. well. Um, Nick said, yes, you did come in. So I remember working at you know, junior registrar level with Nick being the real yeah. registrar yeah. and really not having much clue. <laughs> I think that was a big problem with my education, and I think I, you know, I've skated rather thin ice ever since. Well, you got into dermatology and you were safe. In well, safe-ish, yeah. yes. Now they need to know a lot of medicine because we're using fairly potent immunosuppressive yeah. drugs. Yes. Dermatology, yes. the medical side of dermatology is very different now. Right. When it started, you couldn't do an awful lot. Because that interested me, because towards the end, you're founding medical dermatology. Because yeah, I thought, what other dermatology is there? I mean, there's all right. You know, doing things to pimples, <laughs> you know, rodent Well, no, 50% of, of dermatology is surgical now. Tumour work, oh, it's gone through the roof. It's completely changed. Right. So our registrars do huge amounts of, of surgery. Well, tell me about that. Is that just little local incisions? No, no, no. They're doing grafts, skin grafts, flaps, all sorts. Yes. Um, and, and the dermatologist does the flap, not oh, the yes. plastic surgeon. No, the plastic surgeons are overwhelmed as well. They, there is just so much skin cancer now. Melanoma has rocketed up. Yes. And melanoma used to be rare. Yes. They're getting one a week. I, it's just. Is it because changed. it's being diagnosed much more? That's or? a very interesting point. Mm. Yes, it's a bit like breast cancer and prostate that they're making the call much earlier. They've got a tool now called a dermatoscope, so you can actually magnify the pigmented lesion. In, in situ, blow it up and really see the network, a pattern of pigmentation and make a call very early on when it's yes. abnormal. Because yes. what we don't know is if these minimally abnormal yes. tumours were left, what they do. Exactly. That's and nobody's going to do that. Exactly the same. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. So I understand about that then. But I'm no surgeon, so I got out of the surgical side as soon as I could. But to go back to that question, you must have seen enough to make you, you know, what was the nursing like in Oxford compared to, say, Bristol? Any difference? The nursing in dermatology was... I, I did do a little bit of dermatology mm -hmm. in Bristol because I did it actually as a house job. There we are. Yes, that was my first contact. Mm -hmm. I've forgotten about that. But uh, the nursing in dermatology in Oxford was pretty innovative. Terence was a great one for advancing nursing and training up nurse yes, practitioners yes. Yeah. in a way so yes we had very we worked very closely with the nurses and we had extremely good nurses mm -hmm. so that's my memory but then the pathologists must have been very important to you extremely important that link is vital in dermatology and who did you work with Peter Billard yes so I was wondering yes, if he was in fact right. yes. yes he was our dermatopathologist yes. right. so that's why he posted me off to dermatology yes. I think Yes. And that was that was great. And the research, of course, that I did, that was immunopatho immunopathology. When did you start that? Too? Well, that was Fenella pushing that. Fenella von Oscar came, yes. and she was very good at pushing women and making us do things. Mm. And so she said, you need to learn how to do immunostaining. So I went off to London and right. did used to get the train down to the London Hospital yeah. to work with Irene Lee, who was developing monoclonal antibodies to different keratins. So this was all at the start of the monoclonal antibody. Right. So how long did you go to London? I must have tried, I must have done that for I don't know six nine 
months. And every day. Going up, no, no, yeah. going up once, I think it was several days a week. Yes. I can't quite remember. Yes. But learning the new techniques. Yeah, great. And doing some work on this funny condition called Dario's disease. Yes, no, yes. I vaguely remember the title. I don't remember <laughs> Haley Haley at all. <laughs> Dario's, I do remember, but what is it? I don't, oh, well, that was very interesting because that was when I arrived in the dermatology department. Um, you had to do... You had to cut your teeth by doing pharmaceutical type studies. Do you yes. remember? Everybody was told they had to do mm. this because, of course, it generated a bit of income from the department. <laughs> and generally, they weren't terribly inspiring. But it just so happened that uh, John Wilkinson, who had been a registrar in the department and had gone off to St. Thomas's, had been involved 